The Seeking Sounds Podcast. It's time for the Seeking Sounds Podcast, where we introduce the very best new artists from across the world as they sit down and talk with me, your host, Tom Featherstone. The show, well, it puts the spotlight on new artists breaking onto the scene right now. It gives you an insight into the musical processes, influences, and personal journeys into the industry as well. So sit back and enjoy the Seeking Sounds Podcast. Episode 4, Leopard Rays. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Seeking Sounds podcast with myself, Tom Featherstone. Thank you everyone for joining us on the podcast that champions the very best in new music. As we're all aware, we've been producing these interviews during lockdown. We've got two guys from Hartlepool's most exciting alt-rock four-piece band, Leopard Rays. We've got vocalist Luke and we've got Tom as well, bassist. Hey guys, welcome to the Seeking Sounds podcast. All right, how's it going? Hey, yeah, good. How's uh, both your days been? Uh, Leave with you, Tom. Um, Pretty terrible, to be honest, but I said I wouldn't get I'm just buzzing that uh, Biden's just took Pennsylvania, so... Yeah, I'm moving flat right now, so uh, there's boxes everywhere and I've just got loads of work to do, but... Well, hopefully uh, throughout this podcast we can make it a little bit better. What about yourself, Luke? Uh, it's been okay, mate. I've been on my shift days off from work, so I've done pretty much nothing. Yeah, just just have a nice chill. Yeah, just sitting chilling, just trying to write a couple of new songs and stuff. Uh, so, for anyone who's never checked you guys out, just some basic 101 questions, just to get up close and personal with you fellas. Uh, you're from Hartlepool in the band. We've got Sean, who's not here on the podcast as well, makes up the band. He's also on guitar. And we've got David on drums as well. But just talking to you both, actually, you can speak on behalf of the other two guys as well. Where do you all originally come from? You all from Hartlepool or uh, is it a mixed bag? Mixed bag. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, not nice. so much okay. three of us from Hartlepool, but Sean's from America, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. If nice. you've ever if you've ever read our bio on our press release or anything like that, I think how we describe it is Sean is the American pancake that tops this full English breakfast. I, I I like the sound of it, and I can hear that. We're going to talk about your musical inspirations and American influence as well in there. But how do you start the band? How do you get to know one another? So it started off really in. Well, I'd say late 2017, me and Sean were beginning to write a lot of music just at home, just jamming. So we've been we've been mates for like like probably over 10 years now. We've always played. So anyway, yeah. we started to write these songs, started coming together. We needed a band, so we just happened to run into Tom at a party. And we were like, "Oh, do you want to join our band?" He was like, "Yeah." And literally, it was as simple as that. That's the easiest band member I've ever sourced. <laughs> it, was, it was just, it was New Year's Eve, wasn't it? And we were all outside. And I was like, hey, you're that American guy who's always blicked. And I only ever see you when we're blicked. And you were like, oh, new, you used to be in Plaza. All right, sweet. And then you were like, do you play a bit? Yeah, yeah, sweet. All right, do you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. Simple as that, really. Nice and simple. I like it. And, you know, that's all good things happen on a night out anyway. I love you guys. Like, you, you've had the reason I wanted to get you on the show as well. It's kind of a new wave of indie sound that I'm really enjoying. And I know you've had a great following to start off with. How would you best describe the music that you typically make? I would say 
at the minute the way it sounds is very very guitar oriented there isn't a lot of any other instruments that we use other than guitars and obviously the basics like the drums vocals bass um i'd probably say loud especially if you see us live everyone says that we're very loud well come see us wherever but if you get to see us in a bigger venue then we can really really scape out how we like to sound which is loud without anything getting too overwhelming yeah yeah uh tom could you add anything to that at all yeah it's weird that you get that question a lot you know about people family members and stuff oh really what do you play they expect you play covers and stuff but uh it's it's difficult because i I joined the band not knowing what it was going to be like uh, what uh, the musical influences were. And as we progressed over the years, I think we've all like bounced each other's influence off each other. We all come from like a different big background. My, my favorite band, Smashing Pumpkins, and recently Luke's been really getting into them. So a lot of the songs we're producing lately is coming with that, like a lot of fuzz 90s vibe from it. And oh, that's nice. just okay. one of like the little bits of the band that I'm loving because we're evolving really fast and we're not exactly like conforming to the norms. We just sort of making music. I don't know. I don't know what the genre is. That's the weird thing. Can I yeah. answer to a question from earlier? I forgot to say how Dave came about. Dave kind of has like at the minute, especially the way with band stories going. Dave's playing like pretty big role in like helping us get like some demos down, which we've been doing, especially over lockdown. We're writing a lot of songs with Dave because we used to have a different drummer actually in the beginning called Christian. It was a good drummer in that, but he had other projects on that he couldn't really give us enough time to. But anyway, we found Dave and he was a legend really and came to play with us. I feel like now our sound's really also changing a bit more rhythmically due to what like he's putting down these demos and stuff like that, which is good. Yeah. And again, I, I seem to think it's all like Tom's saying, like this 90s type of fuzz guitar sound. But I think rhythmically, it's like developing a lot more too. Myself, I'm learning a lot more now about drums by using this process. And trust me, the worst drummer you've ever had in your life. Yeah, hey, he's giving it a go. It's it's all that matters, maybe. Uh, get it going on a gig sometime. But obviously, with you both together, we'll start with Luke on this one. Um, what actually got you into music itself? Oh, you love this. I love telling this story. I used to be the type of lad is coming into my teenage years who used to just love playing games and doing nothing else. I used to really be into football, but I was at a family gathering once and someone brought Guitar Hero around and yeah. basically I loved the, the gaming aspect of it, but at the same time I realised like all this music that was on there, all this rock music was like really, really up my street and I'd just never known about it. Play the game myself, suddenly I want a real guitar and then once I get a real guitar I start listening to more music especially the guitar based stuff because that's what I'm trying to play thankfully I stuck to it as well a lot of people tend to put the guitar down at that age when it isn't going right for them listen through to bands like Guns N' Roses Foo Fighters and then other bands like Arctic Monkeys and all that came along ACDC Queen playing guitar heroes kind of what got us into everything and I still think that's pretty pretty off it yeah uh sweet yeah yourself as well tom yeah honestly a second that guitar hero was a big part i remember my mom like <laughs> saying like, oh there's this new game out called guitar hero because like, i was used to be really into, like r&b and stuff like that like, when it, like the early 2000s and i still do listen to that like r&b playlist from that time i mean but i think i had a neighbor when i was about 10 11 called adam if he's randomly listening said big up because he showed me green day's um american idiot wow and i was it, like it completely changed uh, the course of my my musical um my likeness for for rock and, and it just like evolved from there and I, I just never stopped and then as soon as guitar hero came out 
you hear all these new bands and it just you know it takes off and then that's when i started playing drums yeah quit them quick because you know they're too loud and then i moved on to bass because like, that's the easiest thing to do throughout this podcast we're going to go through your discography as well and we're going to look at your work and we're just going to get you uh, to know you guys a little bit better you've been featured on bbc introducing in teesside you've played gigs across the uk killing it across the northeast just for you both how has that journey been so far the minute it feels like it's starting to go somewhere like you have to put a lot of graft to be able to play like as far as london from a band from where we are with charlie pool to get the opportunity to go and play there it feels really good i'm really happy with the way it is but at the same time i know that when all this stuff's over we've got a brand new set of songs we've got some new songs on the way recorded we really want to gig this ep properly too I feel like all oh, this has been like a bit of a speed bump for us because we were really trying to like start to pick momentum. Hartville music scene has been booming for years and we've just been feeding off it and giving back. It's what we all want to do. We all have jobs, but all we want to do is put the music out. Going really well. And compliments like you've just said, like you're killing it, stuff like that. Just that's all that matters. Yeah. Gives you confidence to keep going. I guess for someone like myself, I, I look for new bands, uh, look for new artists and guys like yourself, especially from anywhere in the UK, especially from the North East. How are you finding uh, lockdown at the minute? Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know. What is this now? It's not really lockdown. <laughs> Schools are still open and then I'm, I'm building. I'm still going to the same pie shops and getting my dinner and stuff. <laughs> It doesn't feel like lockdown. The people are working bars, yeah, I imagine, and I feel for them massively because I think the government didn't have a clue from the start. Lockdown went well the first time. I quite enjoyed it. You know what I mean? It was just like more of a time to just relax, get your life together. With all of us as well, we didn't just like stop and think, right, well, we'll practice in a couple of months' time. We were constantly video calling, bouncing ideas off each other. Luke and Dave especially just like bouncing tracks back to each other and ideas. And then yeah. we picked up on that and, and we've came out with how many new songs, Lou? I mean, a good six potentially now. <laughs> Without, with about five practices, if that. Literally, like I've been working them all today and I've sent another one today, but today it, that's just going to keep on going now, like I think. Yeah. While this lockdown is happening and it's a bit funny getting together again until we can do that like we always said if we just keep it going keep the train rolling even if we're just honest we're the only ones riding it then hopefully at the end of this lockdown we'll have a lot more to show for us than what could have happened if we just sat down and did nothing you know on the topic I'd, I'd just like to say that anyone during lockdown I, I know from personal experience I know quite a few people the mental health bad it's a massive strain to do something like this just want to say that anyone who's listening you, you've got support there well done for getting through lockdown and you can get through another one I want to quickly mention that yeah that's that's a really good point you mate and thank you for making that actually on the podcast especially with this we're really fortunate to have the the aid of technology uh even though it mess messes up a little bit from time to time even starting off this podcast but yeah it's, it's great to just give that information do your best try to get out there listen to some great music and talk to people as well and even doing what we're doing just just the little things the seeking sounds podcast leopard rays we're going to start off now with your first release. When I first checked this out, I absolutely loved it. We've got Wealth and Comfort released in 2018. It's punchy. There's a lot going on in the song. It, there's a great rhythm, uh, crunching riffs. Again, yeah, very punchy and just a great reverb sound to it. Uh, it's kind of become, as I was checking out you guys and what your music's all about, quite synonymous for you, that sound. 
from the get-go. You've developed upon that as well. And yes, we will talk about your development throughout the podcast. But if you guys can remember, what was wealth and comfort all about? And what did you kind of want to achieve with that first music that you were putting out there? A massive guitar sound. Like that that was the very first thing we got together to record. And I know I kind of got carried away when it came to tracking. It was more about how we were going to, how that was actually going to sound than what, like say the lyrical content on, on my end. Because like, yeah. that was just one of them songs that, writing the lyrics for just like kind of fell out the sky so I, I don't even know what what they mean at the minute like they might unravel itself to me in a, in the mm-hmm. future but the, at that time like the beginning it was just completely about how this band was going to kind of begin to sound recorded um, just just a quick one then luke are you um is it just yourself who kind of sits there in a the room and gets the lyrics together is it a, a joint effort or do you kind of just focus on it then give it back to the guys and make something with it so i'll, I'll tend to get like the backbone of everything like I, like normally i can be able to take a song that's got most lyrics a couple of guitar parts take out the band and then it kind of gets pulled a little bit in a few different directions whichever way it tends to go with different guitars from sean obviously dave's drums he completely writes tom writes really good bass lines too so, sometimes as well uh the lads will chip in on lyrics and offer like changes and we'll change it something that might work better i mean we wrote a few songs where tom is completely just giving me a line and mm-hmm. it just happened to magically fit over a guitar that I was playing. I have a terrible song right now and I just throw stuff at Luke um, and then he and he comes to me about three hours later like, oh, I've wrote a song about that lyric. So was that one in itself, Wealth and Comfort, was it quite easy to put together, that one? Yeah, um, definitely. It was the first one, like, where you and Sean really wrote it, didn't you, before we really got together and played but uh, it was the first song I think we played maybe Brother was might be in the first one but as like a band when we first started yeah and it just sort of slotted together a bit it didn't take too long though did it and then it was kind of like a piece and then we really like evolved it in the studio because Christian recorded the original drum our old drummer recorded the drums for that but even still, like, playing it with Dave, Dave picked it up really fast. And we still play it with Dave today. It's it's a great start for you guys as a band as well. But uh, I guess playing it for the first time, was there actually any pressure getting up as a band together and playing this and seeing people's reaction? Where Was there any pressure or did you just want to go at it and just have a good time? I can't, we played four songs in our first set, didn't we, Luke? Was, it, was this one of them? Oh, yeah, it's definitely one of them because it was probably one of the first ones. Brother is actually one of the first song we ever wrote and we only just released that EP, but... Mm-hmm. The only time I remember that gig is from looking at photos of it and then vaguely like pieced <laughs> together. I was almost worried. I was like, yeah, these songs that we've got dot here with four songs and we know we like them. Will other people like it? Um, it seemed to come out well. And then I think after our first gig, it really just took off. So many fans yeah. that have stuck around since that first gig. So Would there be any added pressure Luke, you are the one who writes the music as well, how that's coming together. I know, obviously, you all chip in together to make it sound what it does sound like, but starting off by writing the music, is there a bit of added pressure for you to to see how well people respond to it? It's got, maybe at some point writing some songs with this band, especially in playing them, because this is kind of like the first venture I've ever done with writing lyrics and singing them properly. At first, there was a bit of pressure, but I always going to get people who aren't into it people who are really into it if it feels good to you and you know what you're putting out right that's the only important thing mm, i've learned yeah. there was pressure before but not so much now as long as if the rest of the band likes it that's the only important thing to me really at what point were you finding that you are actually doing it together as a band was there a moment that you thought should i go ahead with this should i not but and then when you get up on stage did you have that moment is what i'm trying to get at did you have that moment that kind of clicked i've been i've been bands since like 2000 
2009 time quickly i like developed like a like an excitement for it and then the, it kind of takes over the nerves quick so after a couple of gigs you're used to it especially with the songs that you're playing you know you're going to nail them you kind of just become like um numb to it and then you just the enjoyment takes over because if you if i didn't enjoy it and i'm sure it's the same with luke and sean i have really bad social anxiety and uh, i don't look up when i'm on stage when i look down my bass or i'm looking at the mic when i'm singing i'm absolutely loving it and then when you hear like a cheer at the end you're just like yeah man it's it's perfect that way i was gonna say i've seen one or two of your uh, music videos as well online you definitely can't tell uh, about the anxiety you do look like you absolutely love it tom and luke do you get nervous at all or you just just go with the flow if i overdo it and i have too much to drink i'll be nervous saying something stupid or messing up parts but it's different for different gigs i mean we played like a pretty varied range of venues like the little ones, I feel sometimes can be more nerve wracking because like you're that close to people. Some of the bigger ones, you can be nervous because it's obviously that big of a venue. Before every show as well, like we, no matter whether it's the smallest venue and your backstage is outside in the beer garden or, you know, you've got an actual backstage and you're all back, all four of us. Uh, get together and then like put some music on to speak or like something and like pump ourselves up and like and give each other a hug and then you go out and play the show and it's just like that helps with the nerves <laughs> what you're putting out is is great anyway and that also shows you guys are at the core of it uh, not just passionate but you also want to put on a good show for people in a minute or two we're gonna play wealth and comfort as the first song on the seeking sounds podcast but just quickly carrying on from wealth and comfort was easy tiger as well this was recorded i believe at blank studios in newcastle it more plays on tension as well this song it's it feels like it's about well in the lyrics about being caged, asked to be let out, uh, kind of wasting days and just a sense of being trapped. Luke, have you got any more insight into this song, Easy Tiger, and what it is all about? At the time I was writing the lyrics for it, all the music was there. I was watching something Nat Geo-wise about like elephant slave trade and stuff like that. And it's funny because it's nothing to do with any elephants or all like that, but the idea of like being trapped you get you get the notion in your head and then you just start writing the lyrics really sorry can i just tell you the true meaning he's a time traveler and he knew lockdown was coming and you all this <laughs> and he started singing about like you know what i mean he can't get yeah, out yeah exactly being locked down and yeah not being able to get out and then you've got boris just uh you know I mean? maintaining this illusion that he's not time traveler. <laughs> hey we'll have to in- investigate a little bit further but yeah now on the seeking sounds podcast luke if you could just introduce us uh, to the first song the Seeking Sounds Podcast. Hi, this is Luke from the band Leopard Rays, and you are listening to the Seeking Sounds Podcast. And this is our track, Welcome Comfort. Due to copyright, we can't play the actual songs featured on this podcast episode on this particular platform. If you fancy listening to the whole episode without any interruption, including the music from the artist, head to mixcloud.com and search Tom Featherstone, or simply search the Seeking Sounds Podcast. The Seeking Sounds Podcast. Leopard Rays. Playing as a band together. You've played uh, Stockton Collins, uh, Gathering Sounds Festival. Is performing on stage together something you love to do as a band as opposed to just being intimate in a studio? Have you guys got a preference at all? Uh, oh, undoubtedly live. I hate recording. It's just daunting. It's, it's a long day. 
you know, you have to listen to the same song over and over again. Five bass bits are done really fast. I can add and, um, you know, give my advice to Luke's vocals and stuff like that and, and the guitars and what the plan is, but it's, it's it's a long, long day. When you're doing a set, it's just like bang over with, let's get drunk. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely love playing. Nice, nice honesty. Luke, as well, how do you feel about it? You got a preference? I don't really have a strong preference at any one given moment, really. I, I feel when we're in the studio and crafting something that's new and, like, you've had the idea kicking about for ages, you've practised it a load, and then it's finally coming together, I think that's an incredible feeling. And then when you get a finished product and you're listening back the first time, I think that's also incredible. But at the same time, I couldn't really compare it to the feeling you get when you're on stage and you've just smashed out a set that's unbelievable everyone's loved it and you feel really good about yourself it's kind of like exercise as well in it so like you get that kind of good feeling totally i agree with you like this is no disrespect to um graham who we recently recorded with he's he's ellish and it's, he was just a lot of fun to record with and chris who we've recorded everyone but the last two that we've just been in the studio with yeah uh, chris mcmanus absolutely class lad lots of fun and he's a brilliant influence because he doesn't just record you he gives you such good advice on how your sound should go or he'll tell you if this didn't sound good or how you should do it you get brilliant people in music especially when you're recording that help you out not just someone who's going to take 200 pound off you and go all right thanks for that day of recording but as i say it's just a long and boring day (laughs) i'm sorry how they do it the job yes yeah, it's, it's got to be done as well and um, yeah you played stockton calling in 2019 uh there's bands like uh future heads avalanche party reverend and the makers sophie and the giants to name but a few some big indie bands in there in that mix how was it doing uh stockton calling i tell you what mate it was a way of day that right because we did our set if we, our, we only originally were meant to play one set at five o'clock at the green room in stockton right which is like, and that that was that that was good. Like we had like people in watching. We were competing against other bands that were in the area, so we had to kind of like fight to get people in. I was Seth, and mm-hmm. it was great. So people turned up. But after that, we had a phone call from someone asking if we wanted to close the festival. And that 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 was off Adam Gallagher. He was running one of the stages because one of the bands, Fever, had to pull out because of a cricket accident. I think he called saying do you want to headline the festival close it out that is nice I, I was going to ask you if it went smoothly but i imagine i imagine all all went well i thought i brought a guitar lead at first so i thought that was it we're not going to do it because literally the venue was like so packed and tiny and there was nothing but we managed to pull it together and the set went great it was smashing and from what i've heard we had like a queue of people around the door because i think it was reverend and the makers were on it like they just finished and we were still going on so everyone was spilling over the road from the venue over the road where they were playing and i was set trying to get in and apparently it was like it's like like it sold out a capacity show the festival was sold out itself after playing that that was a really good feeling and all that people were like coming to see us and that was a weird atmosphere because it was absolutely heaving i had the buzz of my life i was like oh, i've got a close start calling it it was because like fever unfortunately got in a bad accident and they couldn't play but we were all stood off of us it was about five minutes so we went on we we're all having a tab in the beer garden and then yeah. there's two doors to the beer garden. One went to the back of the venue, one went at the front where the stage was. And we all just stood there and there was a lot of people. I swear to God, I've never seen anything like it. The beer garden was just person to person, shoulder to shoulder, you couldn't move. And people were just going, who are you? Yeah. The Seeking Sounds Podcast.
Leopard Rays. You've also played uh, the Gathering Sounds Festival too. What else have you played? I know you've supported uh, Pulled Apart by Horses. Is there a performance at all live that uh, has stood out to you guys at all? I, I think a really, really key performance in our repertoire was one we did last Saturday in Middlesbrough. Very last minute. The tickets went online. We sold out. We got extra seats put in. That sold out then after that. We haven't barely practiced this year, obviously, with all this COVID stuff, mm. but we played immaculately. I must say, like, that was probably one of the tightest performances we've ever done live. We enjoyed it so much and we got such a good reception. So I'd say that was that was probably a key one. Like putting putting aside all the all the ones from when times were a bit more normal and like playing down south and playing the capital city in Manchester and all these other places which are really big for music, I think that was equally as important. Yeah, exactly. It must be such a, a difficult, weird time for a band, not knowing, I, I know it is like that for everyone, but just not knowing what's around the corner for you guys. You want to prepare, you want to get get gigs under your belt, you want to just keep doing what you guys do best. But at the minute, it's kind of um, on tentative hooks, as it were. Just moving back to your discography and in 2019, we're moving on uh, to just a bit more progression in your music. You, you released Moon, and uh, I'm Japan and out of my chest. I'm Japan. It bursts into life with just, well, it's, it's kind of a dark energy to it, uh, is my take on it anyway. It's got a brooding guitar set with great reflective vocals. Uh, the drums as well. I know we're talking about Dave. I've noticed throughout all of you are able to, I guess, incorporate your own elements and really showcase each part of you as a band. Dave, as well in particular, so tight on the drums always i've really noticed just quickly can you remember producing i'm japan and did that kind of come together quickly or was that one you just threw together when we recorded moon out my chest and i'm japan dave had only been in the band two weeks then dave had to like like come up with his own parts for these songs really really quick even that, yeah. was a week. i'm sure we were recording a week i must have, well yeah a week then we went in the practice room didn't we the um pig pen and article i mean i'm not good at drums but i can like i could like drum along to vaguely what christine's parts were um, and then i was showing dave like this is how it goes and all that and he, he just went with it like it, it's amazing because i was like this is never gonna work like and out my chest the drum the drums were very different with what actually was recorded and i was showing him like this is how you do it like, and this is how christian was doing it i kept saying like no you want to do it like that and he, and he just dismissed me like within about how we were in the band no this is how we... i was like god but that was great he had his own like vision of how a song wanted to go and he only heard it like, three or four times you could see like he knows how he how he wants to play and it worked so well that's the thing about this band though like the way we operate now like it's very easy to jam out with tune like from start to finish with not even actually knowing much about it yet and we record mm -hmm. them within a week of Dave knowing them I, I think that's also a thing with you guys I, I did notice even from the get-go it sounds like you've produced music for several years you've just gelled really quickly do you guys kind of feel you just know how to read each other really well I'd say so yeah there, there, there is definitely a chemistry and I've said this before like I've, we've all played in various different bands but I think this one has its own little vibe 
And part of it is like that fast work and churning out these songs and then developing them further. And we're all quite driven with it. Yeah, it, obviously in Hartlepool, the music scene's booming and, and there's a lot of musicians that play with each other and have done over the past. And there's a lot I've gelled with and I'm like, who is still my favourite to play with. But I mean, these three that are obviously in Leopard Rays with me, it's they're obviously three of them that are on top of that list now because you play for that long, but you don't continue the way we've been doing and do what we've done, write so many songs, knock them out as quickly as we have without having that chemistry. It's it's something else. And I was a bit worried when Dave came in that it wouldn't like, work so well, but and it did. And it's just um, mm. it's yeah, I, I love playing with these guys. The hobby, another another chore. It's not really hard work at all. I mean, even though a lot goes into it, because at the end of the day, as soon as you pick up the guitar, the bass, the drumsticks, and all that, and you start playing, any sort of thing that resembles any sort of like hard work just kind of goes out the window and you begin to enjoy it. I know you've had influences by like the Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam. You've obviously got the Smashing Pumpkins as well. Does that influence keep changing for you? Is there anyone at the moment for you guys that is really inspiring you to to go a certain way in your music look i think we're at the point now where if we really shifted our sound and really started to change it up and started writing and perform differently i think it'd be too soon like to do anything like that for this band even though i listen to like bands like Foo fighters and pearl jam a lot i'm never strictly always listening to them like this band there's um, an artist out with the minute called baby doobie like like 90s style music like today and, and you listen to her inspirations and she's listening to the same stuff that we listen to like smashing pumpkins mm. and all that type of stuff other bands, like apart from them, that draw some inspiration from, like bands like Arcade Fire, I'd say, for instance. Yeah. I don't think they're too far away from ours lyrically. Yeah, been my favourite for a long time, and luckily got lived on them, which has just helped me out because it's made me enjoy our music more. Being the primary songwriter that Luke is, he's drawn influence from Siamese Dream and like early albums by them. But um, as far as writing bass goes. I love going really deep and dark sometimes, and then you got like uh, Sonic Youth. I love the way they like like uh, orchestrate the the bass sounds in their songs. I am so like uh, my favorite bands ever are American. It's crazy. We've also mentioned obviously from 2019, we've got Out of My Chest. There's just some downright aggression in that. It's in my eyes, it feels a bit like a pivotal track for your band's progression, a bit of a turning point. Uh, probably the first time we may potentially see a more measured performance from Leopard Rays. It swaps the aggressive energy of earlier tracks, replaces it with a more controlled sound, uh, just taking you on that journey. Can you just tell us a bit about that track uh, out of my chest as well in your own words if you guys have got any maybe originally like the like the original arrangement like before i took up the band like when that came together i drank a load of coffee that day and that just literally poured out like without even thinking about it mm, within yeah. the same 10 minutes that easy tigers lyrics came out of so when i was writing the lyrics for that i also wrote the whole of like out of my chest it was really like not very thought through at all like it all just happened proper naturally like i think the lyrics i might have wrote at that given times and it hasn't changed since then i remember coming to the uh the the practice uh we were practicing a pig pen like with it and it was just like oh i've just wrote this and, I, and usually i'm like yeah yeah cool because it's like it's a, it's a vague idea sometimes just like we just play it through and I, I swear to god within about half hour we had that as a music piece and almost the entire song was there in half an hour and it's just like where's that come from even when we went to go and show sean that like he picked them part like he wrote his own parts for that song probably about half an hour maybe he's even known it like in the next session 
I want to just give a shout out to Josh Ingledew, who came into the studio and we recorded it and put in some, if you really listen to it, the keyboard parts, mm-hmm. mostly before and after the chorus, it changed the entire thing. We're like, well, yeah, this is this is good. We've recorded it well. But that little inclusion of them keys were beautiful. And he came into the studio with him listening to one tier done the entire keys track it was he's an amazing uh, musician from and i guess the transition we're going to talk about your ep as well times of factor kid in a second we're going to play some music for you guys listening on the seeking sounds podcast just very quickly let's just talk about moon also love this one as well can't help but not it's got a very 90s guitar feedback uh feeling to open the song some great emotion in there that feels that that vocals at the center of the mix and just it drives so well with the guitar behind it i noticed the thing with this song and with you guys you let each other shine in your own way and during this song you can you can really hear that i've noticed a lot of indie bands and rock bands as well back in the day let each member of their band have that little moment and that's something that's not really as focused upon now how did you think moon came out and was that kind of always your intention to to i guess showcase each uh, member of the band how you have done like i said saying before we have such like a, a wide catalog of songs and i think if, if you were to sit down and listen to every single one of our songs you can definitely tell where people have the moments like we have a song now called pass you by I didn't realise this until it was recorded, but Tom has this incredible like little bass line in the middle bit of that. Right. And some of our newer songs that are being recorded now, like he shines through there. So I think as long as if like the song has got like scope for for like say Tom to take a bit more lead in bass or Dave to put in a really tasty fill or Sean to crack out a nice guitar lick, if it's if if it's there to happen, like we'll hundred percent let it happen. Yeah. So as we were saying, we're going to play from your new EP, Times of Factor Kid. I urge anyone to go check it out. Uh, there's a great group of singles on there as well, including Brother, Daydream, Pass You By, and of course, Times of Factor Kid, released during lockdown now. Uh, how did this EP come about? Well, we had everything planned and released, and we were about to release it, we were about to release it in April, Luke. Yeah. That was, um, yeah. And then we didn't want to put it out at a time when we couldn't play the, uh, and do an EP release. I mean, it's hard when you put music out, a small band, and then you can't go and gig with it. We like to just get out a party for, you know, do a little tour and, you know, smash out any, and try and bring new fans in. And it, it was difficult that way. But then we saw so many other bands taking the big step to doing that, you know, releasing music during lockdown. People have a lot of time in their hands, people listen. And um, we decided to just go ahead with it. But it was, it was a bit disappointing that um, we couldn't, you know, push it a bit more and, and go out and, and show people, you know, what it was like live. To add on to that, that being said, like, it would have been a shame that we can't gig it at the minute. Like, I, I have a feeling, like, even though we have a lot more new songs, like, our shows, when they come up, and we will, like, without a doubt, be playing these EP songs still. We've played the songs since the band began. I think it really would serve them just if we, if we give them opportunity to be played at the shows. Do you know what I mean? As well as this new material as well. I think that is kind of a benefit in a way if we can twist it into a benefit for a lot of people and gigs. People are going to be so excited to listen to you guys and listen to bands when they can get back and uh, full on uh, gig, go to festivals, all that kind of thing. And I guess in a way it's kind of, uh, I guess, a little tease or preview before you actually get a response from it. 
uh, the EP as well. It, right off the bat is the track Brother. It gives listeners a taste of the band's influences with head-banging riffs and just some swagger, again, with the drums and vocals in unison. Uh, reminiscent of that Pearl Jam Oasis vibe, as others have alluded to as well, whilst also managing to keep your identity. Next on that EP as well, for anyone who wants to listen to it, we've got Daydream, which features just dreamy guitars and vocals. It's really well written uh, fusing the melody with anarchy pass you by just fits the flow of that ep as well i love that collection that you've decided to throw together and have you guys got a favorite song from that ep at all yeah pass you by i think the way it came around it was a song that we um it was probably the first song we wrote with dave uh and it was just before we the night before we played it at hometown show at hartlepool and then i think when we put it together like luke came with the idea it was a completely different idea. It was supposed to be quite slow and melodic. And I was like, Dave, like crash them cymbals. Like not like that's that's a summary of how the like two hours went. Uh, Michael Kitchen, who where we were practicing at, I said, they come in, I said, listen to this. And we played him in and I said, Do you know we should play it tomorrow? And he went, Yeah, sounds ace. So I was like, right, we'll play it tomorrow. Bang. One day, one day old, and it just went straight out live, and then it just took off from there, I think. Right. And you know how, how that came together, that's probably my favourite song on the EP, I think. Nice. I love that from you guys. You just seem to just go at it and just not worry about overly doing it. Just just get it out there, get it heard. Luke, as well, have you got a favourite from that EP? Yes. And I kind of touched this earlier when we were talking about our songwriting process. Now, my favourite off the EP is Time's a Factor Kid. Because Tom, this is the song where Tom said, you know, it'd be a really good name for a song, Times a Factor Kid. Or we should call whatever song we were playing at the time, Times a Factor Kid. And I had my guitar in the hand as soon as I read the message. And then that song just came out. Yeah. But because that wasn't normally how we go about writing the songs, I have a bit of a different connection to that. And the fact that literally shows the full scope of the full band as well. Like that, that is literally from as quiet as we go to as loud and aggressive as we've went so far. That's my favourite tune off the EP. Nice. I think that is mine as well. I was saying about the abrupt ending, but that is on uh, Times A Factor Kid. I love the build-up. It's kind of haunting at times, but it takes you into a dark place, which I think is great for you guys. You pull that off really well, especially uh, with the guitars and the vocals and the drums. It all yeah, seems to come together really well. We're going to play Times A Factor Kid on the Seeking Sounds podcast now, released as well this year. If you could introduce us to this one tom please hi this is tom from leopard rays and this is uh the title of our ep a song called times of kids hope you enjoy it the seeking sounds podcast Due to copyright, we can't play the actual songs featured on this podcast episode on this particular platform. If you fancy listening to the whole episode without any interruption, including the music from the artist, head to mixcloud.com and search Tom Featherstone, or simply search The Seeking Sounds Podcast. The Seeking Sounds Podcast. Leopard Rays. So big things are happening for you guys and this new single of yours really shows that development we've been speaking about throughout this chat. Whilst keeping those elements of your music, you do it just so well. Need You is the latest release of yours. It's a proper headbanger, this one. Uh, what's it all about, Luke, if you could just uh, describe it to us? At this point, I was probably starting to think more about the lyrical content. It's not particularly based on me at all, but I'd say it's about someone who was probably listening after someone else again this is another very guitar heavy track listen to a lot of like oasis and then the who 
the Rolling Stones, other bands in that type of area. Right. And then normally what we'd used to be listening to, like Foo Fighters, the 90s stuff and all that. And yeah, that's how kind of it came about. Nice, nice. Are you uh, enjoying playing this one, Tom? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I didn't like it when we first played it. But uh, we were in my living room and all three of them were like, yeah, yeah, let's come together. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. But <laughs> it's, it's strange because honestly, it took me quite a few players through. And I think we played it once or twice live. And then as soon as we got in the studio and started piecing it together, that's when it really like starts to come about and then you, you have a new view of it. We got the final piece of it, and at this point we've been playing it quite a few times, I was used to it, I was quite enjoying it. We got the final, like, uh, the piece, I thought this is probably the, the best we've sounded from a studio so far, which is, which is great, really, because we've just put it out and then it's, it's almost like, um, you know, the progression's there and I've enjoyed it. <laughs> I finally started to like it. That's good to hear. Luke, as well, did it take you a while to actually um, come up with this one? Has it been sitting in the, uh, in the back room at all? <laughs> Have you waited a while on it or was it something you just uh, knocked out quite quick? I, start, I started writing it just before Christmas in 2018. When we picked back up after Christmas, I kind of had it near enough there. It was really quick, all right. Didn't have a chance to demo it, but anyway, when we got back to it with a band, really, really quick, as any of our songs come about, it, it was another fast flow one, really, for us. It's also received some great praise from a lot of people. I've checked it out online, just some great feedback for it. It's high octane, and although we can't get to see you live as such right now during lockdown, it just makes you want to get into that like packed room with 500 other people or whatever. Is that kind of the vibe you're going for on this one? Yeah, yeah I think that's why it sounds, doesn't it? Like, it's it's a bouncy... It's quite happy as well, because it's, it's like the EP release is mostly just, you know dark Marilyn Manson style this is really upbeat and cool and I've as I say as soon as I started loving it I haven't stopped it's a good thing to really enjoy a song that you've released because it's difficult sometimes sometimes I feel like as an artist you might be you might get in your head a little bit too much when you put a song out and start worrying about it but I feel with this one we were that happy with it <laughs> and we were just excited for people to hear it that feeling has totally just been eradicated like even even if they didn't like I, I think like as a band we love playing it that much now that we're just happy for it to actually be out one thing about Need You as well we played London twice now uh, the last time we played it was like Christmas last year cool. what, what was the name of it again Road Trip Workshop Brilliant, brilliant little venue below. And then we were worried because, like, was anyone going to come or travel so long? And we don't know. Remember, like, literally packed out just before we played. Found on before, there wasn't that many people there. But we started playing Need You, and people were like, I mean, like, the venue was dancing. And it's the same for Carried Away. It's just, it's a weird point of that. Like, you've traveled all this way, there's a room full of people you don't know. And suddenly, the dancing, the music you've wrote in, in, my front room and be flat. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the beauty of music, beauty of being an abandoned, of course, beauty of just getting out there, gigging, and it will return, hopefully. Who knows when? We could be talking in a year's time and we still won't have any difference, but hopefully it'll be just a matter of, hopefully, a month or two, who knows. Although we've had a lot of a, a depressing seven, eight months at the moment, especially with gigs, venues being really hard hit by COVID. It's the C word that we have to uh, kind of talk about. But also with you guys coming from Hartlepool, there's a lot of talent that I've noticed uh, coming from the Northeast. I've interviewed uh, bands like The Last of the Wonder Kids there from Grimsby. You've got Cat Ryan from Newcastle. Uh, you guys, Leopard Rays, of course, Hartlepool. There's a real resurgence up there. Before lockdown, what was it like for you guys and the indie scene? What was it like to play up there? Thrilling, I'd say. Like, cost like, all the bands and that, there's such like a really good community up here. Generally, 
if there's a band in the area who've got a show on and you're available to go and show your support, you go to these shows and like that's inspiring itself. Like just the fact that there's an actual scene that operates like the way it does, like that's that yeah, like it's easy to take inspiration from that and motivation, you know. But having gone to gigs in other parts of the country, I don't feel it's the same. I think there's really something special here in the minute. I mean, hardcore music scene's just it was it was nigh on dead. Like I'm talking like eight years ago, but my God, there's such a flurry of bands, not just a flurry of bands, a flurry of bands that are absolutely supporting each other through like sick and sick, like everything. Like um, there's no uh, animosity or jealousy or anything like that. Uh, I remember Mount Misery and Plaza. Plaza, yeah, and we were, we're all like, this is incredible. Like this is our friends incredibly talented musician are on this lineup there's just so much support and it's the foundation of all of the bands doing what they're doing right now you know creating what they're creating and continuing throughout all these horrible like times it's just such a loving atmosphere it's almost like a family nice so yeah you you put that spot on there's not really too much i can add to that in terms of yeah as you said it as it is and the most important thing especially with music is coming together that's what it's all about let's play it then we've talked about it for a bit and you know it only seems fitting to play it as the last song. This is Leopard Rays on the Seeking Sounds podcast with their latest release, Need You. Due to copyright, we can't play the actual songs featured on this podcast episode on this particular platform. If you fancy listening to the whole episode without any interruption, including the music from the artist, head to mixcloud.com and search Tom Featherstone or simply search the Seeking Sounds podcast. The Seeking Sounds podcast. Leopard Rays. Moving forward, what is next for Leopard Rays? Definitely, definitely in the direction of another, like, Mebby's potentially mass release. Whether it's Mebby's, we've started building towards an album. Maybe it's going to be another EP, but whatever that's going to be. A lot of new music. We have a lot of built-up energy that needs to be unleashed on stages whenever we mm. can do that. I was really worried, and we were all saying to each other, like, look, before we go into my spare bedroom and start playing stuff, I said, just remember, we've been apart for so long. I said, if nothing, it doesn't, something doesn't go right tonight, don't worry. I said, it's just rust that we shake off. We went in, I think we played Need You, and then bam, there was no rust or anything. It was something special that we can just keep building. So in terms of your music, are you kind of sticking with the music that you're aiming to release? Are you changing kind of genres or influences at all or you kind of keeping with that uh that indie or that consistent sound you have been producing we're not going to take anything that isn't already there but we're going to yeah. make sure that's developed a lot better musically from us on our end hopefully try and get as as high production as we've managed to get with these other songs we're not we're not planning on going on some wacky route like some way like the last Arctic monkeys album where he totally flipped the coin you know <laughs> oh, on the contrary though that was that was probably their best album I'm not gonna lie but yeah i i agree with luca i mean obviously i thought we spoke about all like changing influences because they do come in no matter how old the band is it's just what you listen to at the time and how you write a song but yeah, yeah i think it, whenever we change in something and how it comes about if one of us aren't happy with the sound of something, you know, you pipe up and you say. So, yeah, no, that's that's really good. I love where you guys are going. It's great to see that you do take things on board. You are kind of developing that sound as always, but keeping to your roots, keeping 
to what you're good at whilst yeah developing cautiously but equally if you want to experiment with stuff you can feel free to do so so to wrap up on the chat on the seeking sounds podcast we like to end it with just some nice wrap-up questions just some kind of fairway fun questions and we're going to do that right now with luke and tom from leopard rays so starting with yourself luke have you got any pet peeves anything that really annoys you uh, there's really something that really scrapes down the inner cause of my mind it's people who make a cup of tea where they put the milk in first oh okay does that just really grind your gear <laughs> really grind your gears it just makes me sick how people wouldn't make it the right way um how many sugars are you what kind of guy i'm sweet enough yeah that's a perfect answer this guy yeah. doesn't even put milk in his tea he's, he's, he's an alien it's not fair <laughs> I do put milk in my tea. Yeah, I've seen you plenty of times drinking a black tea, and it's just not right. When I do drink a milky tea, I'll at least make it correctly, though. Uh, Tom, what about you? Any pet peeves? I swear, God, this podcast will get a lot longer. I have nothing short of stuff to moan about. Well, I'll just go with the top three, okay, right. Bingo jingles. I absolutely hate them. I think they should be banished and made illegal. Automatic water dispensers, the toilets. I mean, you end up just doing a dance with your hands, and there's no need. <laughs> Just what was wrong with tapping the top and then buying there's what? Um, and speaking of adverts, the meerkats, compare the market. I want, I want to drown yeah. <laughs> The Seeking Sounds podcast. If you could work with one artist, alive or deceased, who would it be and why? Oh, my oh. word. Dave Grohl, but not the way he's playing drums. I feel if I was playing guitar with him. I love, I love the Foo Fighters so much. I feel anything I'd be doing is completely not a dross. But I think like playing alongside him, like where he's playing drums, that'd be interesting. Nice. What about yourself, Tom? That's such a good question. I've never even pondered. Top of my head, you're looking at either Hendrix, because I think, nice. I know I've talked about aliens, that man actually was an alien. And it would be amazing to play alongside him. If it was just a conversation, or maybe it was one gig at San Quentin with Johnny Cash, because he's one of my favourite musicians of all time. I think he's he's so brilliant at writing almost unnecessary songs sometimes, but then some sort of like soul-filling ones. Boy Named Sue was the first song that I ever heard in my life. My dad showed me it when I was like three. This is a, a question 101 on, on random questions. But I'm going to ask it anyway. If you could take one item, just one item on a desert island, what would it be? I'd probably take a mirror and then smash it <laughs> so that I have seven years bad luck and like something like fun to like do while I was there. <laughs> seven years of like... Unfortunately. You could take a set of lads and just walk underneath it every 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you taught me there, mate. I can only smash one mirror. Uh, yeah, yeah I'd either take that or I'll take Wilson. Me and Adam object, they have the, the leaves growing out of them already. If I had that for solid choice. Uh, what about yourself, uh, Luke? Any, if you could take one item to a desert island, what would it be and why? You know what? If I could eat, I could go down the um, the obvious route and say I could take a guitar, then I'm forever writing music. But I think. I'd really like to take a Japanese Zen garden, if you've ever seen one of them. Okay. It's like a little sand garden. I know you're on a desert island, you're surrounded by it's a small beach. <laughs> but there's something about having like a Zen garden, which might actually keep me a bit more insane than just scraping up all the sand on the beach. Keep it focused on something else rather than being trapped on a beach. I like it. And the final question, uh, this is a really random one as well. Um, if you could just be one animal what animal would it be and why a meerkat <laughs> okay. so, so i've drowned myself i don't know 
Do you know what? I, I love I love a lot of animals. No, not meerkats. No, I don't mind meerkats. It's just not them. I don't know. A deer. A yeah. deer that's not in like Michigan or any like gun pro states that can do because they're cool as they're just lovely and peaceful and mad. Can I ask? By the way, can I ask you a question, Tom? Can I ask you? Yeah, a question? yeah of course, guy. <laughs> How many? Right, this is this is true as well. Like you have to you have to have a good answer. How many eight-year-olds do you think you could fight off before they eventually overwhelmed and killed you? Oh, okay. Um, you at once, and their aim is to kill you. What eight? Just eight-year-olds, as in just eight-year-old kids? Yeah, right. yeah. Like they're like they're, they're like they're like yeah, hi. They're all trying to kill you. Right. And you have to fight them off before you die. Um, oh, I don't know if I could. Like, could I probably? Probably ten. I'm a lover, not a fighter, so I'll probably just get overwhelmed and just curl up into a ball or something and they could just kick me to pieces. I didn't think the uh, the questions would come my way, especially with eight-year-old kids, but hey, that's that's all cool with me. What about yourself, uh, Luke? What what animal would you be and why? I, I would be uh, a leopard ray because obviously with a being named for the band, but any sort of stingray, large or small, such like magnificent creatures if you ever go anywhere like sea world or discovery cove like in florida or california or any anywhere like that chance to like swim alongside them yeah it's incredible i think i was going to ask actually well to be fair it, it in my head i just think of steve Irwin. i've been to uh been to discovery cove absolutely loved it plug for discovery cove as well but um i, I never actually asked to start off with where that name leopard rays came from was that kind of where it came from or it wasn't yeah, discovery cove it was sea world they, like they have like a stingray or like a ray pool i'm looking at the stingray pool it was this massive one on the bottom it was huge and it was like darker than all the rest and i thought that's interesting i wonder what type of stingray that is looked on the board that tells you what what stingray is what and saw it was called a leopard whip ray and I thought leopard rays. That sounds like a cool name for a band. And by the way, this all happened like months before like any notion of this band ever like began to like came about. You know, the Seeking Sounds podcast. Leopard rays. I love those questions, guys. Thank you so much for answering those as well. And it's great to just get an insight from you guys. So that's all what we've got time for actually on the Seeking Sounds podcast. It's honestly been great to have you both Luke and Tom from Leopard Rays on the show I wish you guys all that very best luck going forward genuinely you're smashing it truly are it's again been great to catch up with you both hopefully we can talk again at some point see how things are going after Covid um, just listening to your music I, I urge anyone to just go check you guys out of course on the usual music platforms but yeah thank you both uh, to Luke and to Tom Thank you. Thank you very much, man. You've been a great Nice. Thank you guys so much. Um, And yeah, we'll, we'll see you again, hopefully very soon. So that was Leopard Rays on the Seeking Sounds podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to all the latest uh, from the Seeking Sounds podcast to head to Mixcloud as well for more content. Mixcloud.com forward slash Tom Featherstone. And thanks once again. I'll see you very soon. Take care. Bye. Stay safe. The Seeking Sounds podcast.